This is an IELTS Energy Podcast, Episode 537. Find your inspirational English voice with professional actress Eliza Jane. You are listening to the IELTS Energy Podcast from All Ears English. We believe in connection, not perfection. And we're here to show you how to get the score that you need on your next IELTS exam. Find out why our strategies are the most powerful in the IELTS world and get your free video masterclass at allearsenglish.com forward slash I-N-S-I-D-E-R. Now, let's get to the show. Today, you'll meet Eliza Jane Schneider, Hollywood voice actress and dialect coach, and learn an inspirational activity for finding your own confident voice in English. Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Hello, IELTS Energy listeners. I am super excited today. We have such an amazing guest for you. Um, I'm going to actually let her introduce herself. I think she could describe what she does better than I can. Um, Eliza, welcome to the show. Hi, I'm Eliza. Um, let me see. Uh, hi, I'm Eliza. I am a... <laughs> dialect coach and a voice actor, and uh, I help people for whom English is a second language to uh, speak more powerfully in English, and I also help lawyers and politicians get their message across, especially the ones that I believe in. <laughs> that is, but that's a nice, like, addition to what you do, because it's 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 great to get to the point where you can choose, right? Where you could be like, mm, I don't think I want to help you get more power today. <laughs> yeah, it's funny, because part of what I do is, you know, I audition, I do a lot of voice matching in in the voiceover industry. And so, I had, you know, the Republican Party send me uh, Hillary Clinton voice match during the um, the campaign, oh. and they wanted me to do the the bad guy stuff, you know. <laughs> oh my god, like fake news stuff. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's so, crazy. That's um, insane. Yeah, you'd be surprised how many of the celebrities you see in the movies, yeah, are being voiced by a voice match expert like myself. Isn't that amazing? I think there's like so many levels to what we think is happening, right? In right. The, in movies, especially, of course. I mean, it's magic. We don't know how these things happen. Um, but th I think this happens for our students as well. And it creates a, a sense of um, like it takes it steals confidence, right? If they're looking at people and they think, Oh man, like this person can speak perfect English or this person, you know, is beautiful, blah, blah, blah. But then like 90% of it could be false. Like 90% yeah. of it is edited or, you oh, know. Yeah. Yeah. Mia, Mia, uh, my colleagues and I are sort of like airbrushing for the voice. Right. Oh my gosh. Okay. So could you share with our listeners some of the favorite, your favorite projects, your favorite titles that you've worked on? 
Oh, well, I mean, in terms of voice matching, I adore the uh, Pirates of the Caribbean uh, <gasps> franchise. So I am Elizabeth Swan for all of the games. Oh, so, rad. Um, yeah, and uh, that signal is over a thousand feet high. The entire Royal Navy's out looking for me. Do you really think there's even the slightest chance they won't see it? That would be me. <laughs> um, I think that's going to throw some of our listeners there. They're going to be like, wait, what just happened? What? (laughs) (laughs) That's some of, I mean, some of what our listeners uh, battle with is they can understand the American accent easily because they hear it all the time in movies and TV. But the British accent is on the listening test every Saturday. And that's something that they struggle with for sure. Um, what do you think, like switching from vo- from accent to accent, what would be the biggest difference? I don't know if this is possible to answer succinctly, but what do you think like a major difference is between American and British English? Um, well, th- there's the 164 words that the British tend to use the awe phoneme, ah, as in father, that right. wide back sound, whereas the Americans will use the front ah sound. So, yes. And it's right. very tricky because, you know, they'll say, they'll say class, but they'll say classic. And they'll say, yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Depending on the number of syllables, it shifts from uh, like the soft A to the hard A. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, and similar to the same the same principle, like with nation and national, I suppose, um, in that right instance. But but with the British stuff, it, it it my students are always asking me for a rule, and I just say, you know, memorize <laughs> these hundred and sixty four words, and uh, if it doesn't fall into this list, chances are it's not going to be an ah sound; it's going to be an ah sound. <laughs> That's awesome. Is there? Did you make that list yourself? I compiled that list from a list that my mentor, Robert Easton, had made. He is no longer with us, but he was the original Henry Higgins of Hollywood, and he coached people <laughs> like Anthony Hopkins and Robin Williams on their dialects and, wow. you know, Anne Margaret and all the old movie stars. And um, at the time, I think he was the only one doing it. Uh, he and then I also uh, – there's a list in Edith Skinner's Speak with Distinction, that old mm-hmm. theater speech book. Uh, that was a very similar list. So I just collated the lists. And then, of course, okay. I have my own lists from working with actors who are trying to switch back and forth, you know, actors who are right. British who are trying to learn American and actors who are American who are trying to learn the British. Is it? It seems like it's generally like easier for um, British to do Americans versus the other way. Like I see a lot of American actors trying to do British accents and it sounds terrible. Like it just comes and goes. But then I feel like like Aussies and Brits have an easier time of doing American English. Well, I think Aussies and Brits are trained in school to pay more attention in general. I think uh, in oh, general, okay. they're better students. And it's sort of like comparing my lawyers to my actors. The lawyers do their homework, <laughs> you know. Right. <laughs> um, but I also think that uh, those dialects, well, not the, the Australian so much, but but the British dialects have been percolating for so long. And there are so many variances and nuances, even yeah. within a couple blocks, Totally. Which has to do with transportation, you know, because sure. in America, you know, the dialects developed at least in the West after trains had had been established. So you don't have these is- instances where there's just one dialect, you yeah. know, basically as far as you can walk. 
<laughs> right. Yeah. We all, we all sound the same pretty much like west of the Mississippi. We all kind of sound the same. And then once you get closer to the East Coast, there are a thousand more variations right. um, for different dialects and vernaculars for sure. That, that all developed when people were still on horseback and on foot. That's interesting. Oh my God. I could talk for hours about this stuff. Uh, but guys, IELTS students, we are, we are here. We are having this conversation today um, because we want to help you find your English voice. We have a lot of questions about pronunciation and confidence and fluency. And you know what, guys? It can all be tied in to this inspirational, motivational activity that we can get you started with today. Um, but before we get into this activity we have for you guys, um, I want to talk to you a little bit about your enormous project of accents. So, le okay, let me get this straight. You were an actress first, and then you got interested in documenting accents. Is that right? Well, I think the being an actress drove me to want to know what other people sound and what they feel like. You know, um, yeah. I was, I found myself at UCLA in an acting class, you know, opening and closing fake doors in a room full of homogenized white girls who are all trying to pretend to be somebody that they weren't. And <laughs> to me, what act, what inspires me about acting is the concept of, of being and feeling from a totally different perspective than your yeah. own. And so I just went out. I It started out as a dialect study, but it was more of a cultural study ultimately. And I just went out to listen, to really deeply listen and empathize with other human beings who, you know, were raised in a completely different way than I was um, to just well, know what it was like to be someone else. Language is, is directly connected to culture. I mean, yeah. when, when I did my master's, there was a lot of emphasis on, um, we acquire language faster if you're also interested in the target culture. You can't, it's really difficult to fluently acquire this whole other way of not just talking, but thinking. Yeah. Right. Like, unless you actually explore the culture as well or find, like, find your way into the culture. I think this is a lot of what I'm most fascinated with uh, when I get to work with students is like, helping them find their way into English. What are you interested in? What are you passionate about? Like, I am a pop culture vulture. I can find a movie, a TV show, a podcast, a book that you will like for sure. Like, let's, let's find your door. You know, I, that's, it's, that's fascinating. Um, so how many accents would you say you've documented? Um, <laughs> uh, I mean, so I started with America. I went across America 10 times in a converted ambulance only because it had AC outlets that I could plug in my recording gear to. That's um, so awesome. And, uh, and I recorded people in all 50 states, black, white, old, young, male, female, rich, mm -hmm. poor, all social strata. And then I moved on to England, Ireland, and Scotland and then I moved on to all of the countries in the world where English is the first language. Um, yeah. So uh, last summer I just did Singapore, and that is the summer of 2017. And I believe the Falkland Islands is the only remaining country where English is a first language that I have yet wow. to record. Um, so, oh, I mean, incredible. it's 25 years of research, and sometimes I average between 3 and 20 interviews a day. I interview everyone who has an accent. 
who I meet. That's amazing. So I interview cab drivers. You know, I interview everybody I come in contact with. But you're, I mean, you're undertaking this enormous, gargantuan project at the same time as still like maintaining your like working life, right? Mm -hmm. Like you're still going on auditions. You're still recording for like huge titles. Like you're still putting the work in. And yet this other project, like this is, how do you find the time? I don't. I don't. And I finally just uh, reached out to a bunch of people. And in fact, if anybody listening to this podcast feels like being a part of this project, I have finally relinquished my um, perfectionism, which according (laughs) to the lawyers I work with is one of the three P's of law school. It's perfectionism leads to procrastination, which leads to paralysis. So I I have released control and I have requested help from uh, my minions. And I had 25 people this morning. And I was farming out uh, recordings to them uh, to listen and log and uh, come up with the pieces that are going to be the most helpful for my uh, actors and my people who speak English as a second language. And and we're uh, we're doing it together. I'm I'm getting help. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, there are a couple messages that I want to just highlight in what you just said because this is uh, these couple things are really true for our students. Like the first thing that you said about perfection, what is it? Perfectionism leads to procrastination, leads to paralysis. Guys, this is what we're talking about when we ask you to not get so hung up on the details, right? Like I wrote down 12 vocabulary words instead of 10, or how do I know if this is the right word to use? It's, I get like, should I use a comma? Like our students sometimes can get so hung up on these little details that actually will not affect their score at all. And that's exactly what happens, guys. When you get hung up on those little details, you can't see the forest through the trees, as we say, right? Then you just, you procrastinate, you put off doing what you should really be doing. Like, a practice test or listening to a lecture about a strategy that will actually change your score. And then you do end up in paralysis and then you have like nowhere to go. When you get so focused on little details, there's nowhere to go from there. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. <laughs> I, I think of the voice as a musical instrument. So if you're learning a new language, you are learning to play a new instrument because totally. the, the voice and the, the vocal apparatus is, is, it changes shape. It's so, the, the, um, increments are so small, you know, that just a slight tweak of your tongue or your soft palate is going to change the shape of the, of your vocal posture. Yeah. And it, and it's going to change the way that you sound. And so it's so malleable and it's so, yeah. um, it's so precise and, and sort of small, the, these little movements that, that make such a big difference in the way that you sound that it's just silly not to treat it like, a like a musician would treat their instrument and just practice 10 minutes a day. You know? That is lovely. Yeah. We, we ask our students for like just for fluency and confidence. Talk out loud to yourself 10 minutes a day. 
You know, yeah. if you just like put it in your day planner, put it in your schedule. Um, and I like this idea of this bigger picture approach to how we want to sound in English, guys, because it's not about perfectionism. It's not a- about sounding exactly like a native speaker. It's about finding your voice. And there are motivational mental aspects to this that will add to your confidence, which adds to your fluency, which raises your score, right? I think yeah. if you can find your voice in English, who you are in English, not in your first language, who are you in English, right? And we develop that. And it's, again, it's not about being perfect. It's about being you, um, that goes so far, guys. You can get an eight for pronunciation and still have traces of your first language accent. It's not about sounding like exactly like an American or a Brit. It's about being your confident self in English. So let's get into this um, little activity, this motivational activity we have for you guys. Now, I cannot tell you how fortunate you are, listeners, for Eliza to be sharing just even a little bit of what she does with her um, clients. So this is, this is really lucky today, guys. Um, okay, so what would you say is a good place to start for students to find their voice in English? Well, first of all, um, I think you have to understand that everyone has different voices. So when you're talking about finding your voice, again, you, you don't want to get into that perfectionism thing of, oh, which one is it? What if this one's better than that one? And yeah. what if I choose wrong? So y- you I can choose two or three, and it's usually good to choose two or three. So what I like to tell my lawyers who have challenges with their voices, um, for example, hi, I'm going to be your attorney. You know, someone who's the (laughs) smartest girl in her class, but she sounds like she's 10 years old. Um, You know, everybody adjusts their voice depending on who they're speaking with. Even in your native language, you're talking to your mother, you sound different than when you're talking to your friends at the bar. For sure, Um, yeah. So keeping that in mind, I would say the first thing to do is to go out and find who you think is powerful. And the fun thing about this is you get to create your English avatar. You don't get to choose what your voice sounds like, you know, in your native language and to the yeah. friends who've known you your whole life and your family. Right. They, they've decided who you are and what your vocal identity is. Right. But when you're learning a new language, you get to choose. So my suggestion is to go out and look at actors that you like or characters that you like or people you think are particularly eloquent and study mm-hmm. them as a character like an actor would. So that could be it could be as simple as thinking of a a movie that had a character that you really identified with or that inspired you or exhibited a character trait like extreme confidence, like being outgoing, like taking charge, taking control. That's sort of who I would go after, I guess. Um, but finding someone that you can pull something out of, right? Yeah. And just to find, you could find clips on YouTube, guys. You could just watch, like, choose, like, three five-minute clips, right? Yeah, and, and, then, and definitely you want to choose three different people so that you don't end up right. sounding like Natalie Portman for the rest of your life or whatever. <laughs> Um, now what did like, once they have those clips, um, I, I usually tell students that they could watch and mimic, right? Like watch for 10 seconds, pause and just like mimic the way that person is talking. Yeah. Um, Do you think that's a good, that's a good guideline? 
Yeah. And, and I have a method that I use with my students where we go very deep into this and I, I sort of guide them and help them. But the, the real important thing is training your own ear to hear mm-hmm. what a coach or a guide would hear for you. And the only yeah. way to do that is to record yourself. So what you want to do is you want to take, you know, whatever sample you've got and make sure that you're recording that person and yourself so that you can hear both back to back. That's fantastic. That's perfect. So I love this addition to um, what you guys may be doing already. Just add this extra step, you guys. Like We talk a lot on the show about exploiting everything you do in English to learn at its greatest extent, right? Like exploit everything you're doing to get the most out of all the activities. So adding this extra step, guys, to find your voice in English, and it's not just about improving pronunciation. I think it's it it lends itself more, it, to my mind, to fluency and confidence, right? I think a lot of how we express ourselves in another language, in our own language, is about confidence. And I think this goes a long way towards that, right? So yeah, forget what you sound like in your first language. You're not that person anymore. Find So just to recap, guys, find three people that you – would, that you admire, that you want to be like in some respect in your English self. Find three people. Watch clips from them. Listen carefully, guys. Listening is directly tied to pronunciation, all right? So you listen carefully, record that, then record yourself mimicking, and then you compare those. Is that right? Yeah, you compare them. Okay. And, and And when you're comparing them, just notice certain musical tools that each of these individuals employ that you may or may not already have. It really helps yeah. you identify what your own patterns are, especially when you're coming from a language like French, for example, that mm-hmm. has secondary stress. You know, I mean, I was just coaching a very famous French actress the other day, and she's been cast as an American character in a series. So it's for real. And, you know, we're doing ADR, which is additional dialogue recording. It's what you do in post after everything's been shot. And we're listening back. And so we we listened to her. And, you know, she said mental ward instead of mental ward. Right. You know, and to an American ear, that's secondary stress makes a big difference. So when you start to record Americans and record yourself imitating them, you Mm -hmm. can start to identify, you'll train your ear to identify the distinctions and the discrepancies. And this, guys, this goes, this directly connects to the what is important in your pronunciation score. It's not so much, again, it's not so much about the the perfection, about saying every single consonant and vowel exactly how you think you should say it. I think a larger part of your pronunciation score is about like, well, like Eliza's saying, the music of it, guys, the intonation, the rhythm of English. Your own rhythm is, that's your personality. My rhythm is different from Eliza's. Like everybody has their own rhythm, their own voice, their own music in English, guys. So I think this is an awesome time to find your music. What is your musical voice in English? I think this is an amazing activity that you guys can put in your study plan. Start right away. It's, I mean, it's fun. Learning English should be fun, you guys. And this definitely is going to be fun. So guys, come back to the blog, ielts.allearsenglish.com. This is episode 537. 
I'm going to put um, links to Eliza's websites in there so you can check out more of her work, more of what she does, um, see some of her amazing acting as well. Um, and yeah, so come back to 5-3, come back to IELTS.AllEarsEnglish.com, episode 537, and I'll put the steps for this activity in there as well, guys. Um, and of course, if you are ready to get past IELTS and... Never have to think about IELTS again. Just think about your best self in English in your future goals. Go to allearsenglish.com forward slash K-E-Y-S and you can get into the course today. Um, Eliza, thank you so much for coming on the show today. You're welcome. And can I tell them also what the, uh, the URL is for my site? Yes, yes. The, it's uh, competitiveedgevoicetraining.com. Perfect, perfect. And it doesn't matter if it's capitals or not. It's just competitiveedgevoicetraining.com. And then you can click on the link in there that, that says, you know, is your accent holding you back? But it's it's got stuff for everybody. Um, awesome. Yeah. I, I'm going to put that in there. I'm going to put all all of your stuff in there. Okay. And <laughs> then guys, the, um, definitely check that out. Yeah. But you're, you're so right about it being fun. Like, I, I yeah. suggest that people use comedians. You know, just memorize yes. like a joke or something that that uh, an American it. comedian says, and how to do it that way because it's it's so much fun. You know, when you so get into the acting fun. elements of it, and then you learn so much about culture and per perspective from from comedy as well. And there's so many stand up comedy specials on Netflix, guys. Um, if you're in our group, if you're in our course uh, in the closed Facebook group, send me a message. I can definitely recommend some of my favorite stand ups because I have a lot. Um, that's awesome. That's an awesome last words of wisdom. Um, <laughs> thanks, Eliza, for coming on. My pleasure. All right, have a good day. Bye. All right, bye. Thanks so much for listening to the IELTS Energy Podcast from All Ears English. And if you want to get tips from Lindsay and Jessica every week on how to get a seven on your next IELTS exam, be sure to subscribe to our podcast on your computer or on your smartphone. Thanks again and see you soon.